Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. One of the most important Marian devotions that we have and that many people make use of is the rosary. But there are other sacramentals that people wear. They wear the Miraculous Medal, for example, which was given to St. Catherine Labore in a Marian apparition in 1831. But another sacramental is that of the brown scapular. And not only is there a brown scapular, but there's lots of other colors as well. The blue scapular, the black scapular, the white scapular, the red scapular, all associated with different religious orders. And even there's a five-fold scapular if you wish to wear all of them. Today, though, I'm going to be speaking with Father Jeffrey Kirby, who is the author of a new book, A Journey to Mount Carmel, which is specifically about preparing people for investiture in the brown scapular of Our Lady. So I'm very grateful to have Father Kirby, who is with me. He's a papal missionary of Mercy, the pastor of Our Lady of Grace Parish in Indian Land, South Carolina, and an adjunct professor of theology at Belmont Abbey College. So thanks so much, Father Kirby, for joining me. Thank you, Father. It's good to be on your podcast. One of my remembrances uh, back in the day when I was a godly counsel on uh, EWTN's Morning Glory program was that you came on to discuss your book about the Beatitudes. And I actually had a copy of the book and had read it. And so I kind of led that conversation uh, back in the day on Catholic radio. So uh, great to be able to talk about another one of your new books here. And I I think the very first question I want to ask you, though, is because I'm a pastor as well. I do a lot of extracurricular work. I travel and speak at different events and everything like that. And and so a lot of people ask me, well, how do you find time to write books? How do you find time to do all the things that you do? And so I always tell them, uh, well, I don't sleep much, you know, things like that. But I'm wondering (laughs) what your answer is. Yes. Sometimes when I get that question, I I, I just laugh and say, "I, I don't know. How does a centipede walk? You know, sure. <laughs> it, yeah. it, in the sense of it, just kind of all comes together. I think as you, as yourself being a pastor and and, and one who writes and does speaking engagements, it it kind of providentially all comes together. In that you know, there's a little bit of time here, a little bit of you know opportunity there. Um, you know, sometimes uh, surprise coverage comes in terms of of, of the parish and so on. And and, and really, I I just say it comes up. It, it, I just would have to point to divine providence and it all kind of comes together. That's how I know that God wants this work. It's, you know, if it ever became problematic or, or difficult, um, then obviously, you know, for those of us who are pastors, our, our prayers comes first, but, but it always comes together. So uh, I myself sometimes scratch my head and say, wow, how did that, how did that all come together? How, how was that book completed or how did I get to that speaking event and so on? And, and I just say, thanks be to God. The, um, his his providence came through, and and uh, his his will was was accomplished. So I I I, I, I myself. Uh, again, scratch my head. <laughs> yeah, I think it's all about maximizing time. As you said, you have those little pockets of time. For example, when I fly, if I want to write something, that's a good time for me to do some background research. So I want to write a piece on stigmata here in the near future. And so there was a book that I wanted to read, and I was able to read it on a flight uh, just last week. So 
Uh, that's one of the ways that uh, I can maximize my time. Of course, I think, too, it's about, you know, sometimes we take our day off. And if we enjoy this stuff, it's kind of recreational in that sense. And maybe we dedicate some time uh, on that occasion. But uh, let's turn to the scapular and your book that you have written, uh, A Journey to Mount Carmel. Uh, and a nine-day preparation for investiture in the brown scapular of Our Lady. So I think the first thing, first things first is maybe just to say, what's the origin story of the brown scapular? Oh, it's fascinating. Uh, there, there's there's a, a spiritual history that really traces itself all the way back to the prophet Elijah in the Old Testament. And of course, uh, the prophet Elijah was, was very well associated with Mount Carmel, the, the famous battle of Elijah and the priest of Baal that we hear about uh, in the scriptures. Uh, so there's a spiritual history connected to the brown scapular. Uh, more historically, we know that early in the church's history, there were Christian hermits who turned to Mount Carmel because of the, of the spiritual legacy of, of that holy place and, and and turned it into a place of prayer. Those those hermits eventually became friars with, with the needs of the church. And, and really as those uh, hermits, those Carmelite hermits began to become friars and, and to preach the gospel as itinerant preachers throughout the church, that the scapular became more popular. Of course, the scapular is a religious vestment worn by religious uh, priests and, and brothers, uh, religious sisters as well. And as this began to grow, people wanted to be associated with the spiritual work that that listening to God that is the mark of the Carmelite spirituality, the desire to imitate uh, this spirit of, of Mount Carmel. And so in the course of time, the faithful began to wear small, very small, abbreviated versions of the religious scapular. And this became formalized when Our Lady appeared to St. Simon Stock, who was a Carmelite. Uh, and just to show you how, how expansive the order had become, he was a Carmelite in England. And, and Our Lady appeared to him and, and formally bestowed the brown scapular upon the order, the Carmelite order. But by extension on the faithful who want to be united to uh, their spirituality. And, and so, again, it's a beautiful history. I always like to emphasize the spirituality that, you know, the brown scapula is a sign of consecration. It's a sign of our willingness to pause and listen to God. To, whenever we think of the Carmelite spirituality, the brown scapula, uh, that, that's the, kind of like the, the buzzword we can say, that the, it's the listening to God, the pause, the passivity, the waiting in order to listen to God. And, and, and all that is, is contained uh, and, and emphasized in, in the brown scapular. So the subtitle of your book is A Nine-Day Preparation for Investiture in the Brown Scapular of Our Lady. So there's this notion that you have to be invested. So a person can't just begin wearing the brown scapular. They should have this ritual done for them so that they might properly be invested in that. Is that right? Yes, yes. And and, yeah, and I tell people, if they buy a scapular and they start wearing it, I mean, obviously the Lord's going to bless them. But really, they need to at some point be, be invested. Uh, ideally, they would be invested by a Carmelite priest. Uh, that would be the ideal. But every priest in the church uh, has been given that authority by the Carmelite order to invest in a brown scapular. I will say it. Actually, I learned this writing the book. Deacons cannot invest in the brown scapular. I, I thought the deacons could do that. It has to be a priest. So a Catholic priest, uh, again, obviously the Carmelites would favor their own friars, but any priest can invest. And I, I want to remind the faithful that this is something they should take very seriously because 
You know, the scapular is, is a, a first sign and indication of our consecration in Jesus Christ through baptism. It's a sign that we carry the yoke of Christ. Literally, the scapular kind of looks like, you know, a very modified yoke, you know, on, on our shoulders. That it should be taken seriously and, and used as an opportunity to fan into flame the graces of baptism and confirmation, to, to really want to live in a more deeper way, in a more visible way, our discipleship of Jesus Christ. So, uh, truth be told, there's actually no formal preparation to the Brown Scapular. I, I, I drafted this drawing from the spiritual treasury of the church. I chose nine days just because of the traditional novena. And I thought, let's prepare something in order to emphasize why the scapular is so important. And, and, and you know, Vatican II emphasized, like, when we use these sacramentals of the church, to make sure that the faithful understand them. And I wanted to really use the Brown Scrapper as an opportunity to emphasize the importance of baptism, that we're really living out our baptism by the sacramentals of the church. They are there to remind us, to help us, and especially the Brown Scrapper. So I put together the preparation in order to emphasize that that investiture that hopefully the faithful will use as an opportunity for celebration and, and a kind of deepening in their faith. Now, if a person's already been invested in the Brown Scapular, should they still maybe acquire this book and really just pray with it in the sense of learning more about the scapular and deepening their own appreciation for the sacramental that they wear? I, I would strongly recommend that. Not not simply because I wrote the book, <laughs> but but because I, I, I the book really, you know, Journey to Mount Carmel, it really is just a drawing from the spiritual treasure of the church, especially our six baptismal promises. And and I will say that while once a person is invested, they're always invested in the Brown Scapular, uh, I have encouraged people to do a devotional reinvestiture. So, for example, if someone was invested when they were seven years old at their first Holy Communion, you know, but, but later their faith is deepened and, and they want to draw back, you know, come back and, and draw upon the, the brown scapular as a help to their discipleship, then, then I, I would encourage them to do a devotional reinvestiture, right? It's not necessary. Once invested, you're always invested, but it can be helpful. And for those who might want to do this, do such a, a renewal, uh, this book can help. But I will say as well, like July 16th or any, that's the Feast of Our Lady Mount Carmel or any feast day of Our Lady can be an opportunity for that kind of devotional reinvestiture. And this book can help with that nine-day preparation. I get a lot of flack for this, especially maybe from some, some traditionally-minded people, is that I don't invest my First Communion students. And one of the reasons, as a Marian theologian, I just don't think that they can really appreciate what they're being invested in. And then also that they really, I don't think that they can fulfill the duties or obligations of one who is invested in the Brown Scapular. So do you recommend investing First Communicants? Maybe you could change my mind. <laughs> well, I always defer to a local pastor because he knows his community best. I will say that it, I think that if it's emphasized as a devotional practice, uh, then I think it, it could have its place, uh, depending on the community. Uh, I, I invest my first holy communicants. I emphasize it's a devotional investiture. Uh, my parish is dedicated to Our Lady of Grace, so she's our patroness. So I, I say because the children are blessed to receive their first holy communion in a church dedicated to Our Lady, we want to invest them in the Brown Scapular. And, and honestly, Father, for me, it's probably also an evangeliz evangelization move because if I can get one more devotional or one more sign of faith into the home of many of these children, uh, I'm going to do whatever I can. So I think there's arguments for both sides. Um, mine is probably a little more 
emphasizing evangelization. But I do think that if it's done, it should be stressed as a devotional practice. That, you know, when they're older and they want to you know, be more formally invested, uh, then you know, there's a little bit more to it uh, than um, the devotional investiture that we might see it at First Holy Communion. There are some duties and obligations of wearing the scapular according to the confraternity of the brown scapular. And some of them, I think one of them is to pray the little office of the Blessed Virgin Mary, but that's often commuted. And that's to pray the rosary then, to pray five decades of the rosary. You're supposed to live according to the state of your life. And and then we have these promises of the brown scapular, especially, you know, some of these brown scapulars say, well, whoever shall die wearing it will not suffer the fires of hell. And so, you know, sometimes we wear this out of that promise, hoping that we will be spared the fires of hell in that sense. But it's not a good luck charm. It's not a magical charm or anything like that. So we have to fulfill those obligations. Are there other promises associated with the scapular? Yeah, so actually, if I can just run with with the idea of these promises and, and i say that the promises in general in terms of the spiritual life that you know we can have two approaches to the promises uh, one I, I refer to as the mercantile approach so the business approach which is i do this therefore uh, god owes me this and that's actually a, a misguided approach to the promises that we receive in the spiritual life the promises in the spiritual life especially with the brown scapular is that if we live the life that the scapular calls us to, then we receive you know this this promise, the fulfillment of this promise. So, for example, if I start playing the piano and my instructor says, "If you play the piano, if you practice every day, you will become a good musician, a, a good pianist," right? And that's really the spirit that we need to approach the promises of God with. That you know, as you said, Father, it's, they're not good luck charms. It's not quid pro quo, the, a business transaction. Uh, it, it's not that type of promise. It's that if we live this life, if, if we pursue what the scapular or, or whatever the, the devotional practice might be, if we do that, then there's a transformation change in our hearts. So again, like playing the piano every day, then you become a good pianist. So I want to just kind of stress that because I've seen a lot of times, even some spiritual writings, where the promises of God are, are again, approached more in a, in a transactional manner. And I, I, I find that unbiblical and, and not you know, honest to our, our spiritual tradition. Uh, with the scapular, there is the promise of, of eternal life. That if we wear the scapular, we understand this is a sign of consecration. This should change the way I think, the way I act, the way I approach things. I like wearing my scapular because sometimes it'll move and it kind of catches me off guard, you know, and it's like, oh, it, and those are moments of, of reminder and I can offer a quick prayer, you know, or in times of, of difficult decisions or shock or, or uh, disturbance, you know, I can just look for my scapular and just being able to touch my scapular, I'm reminded of God's presence uh, in that moment. So the promise is given to the scapular eternal life, and there's a special promise that will, uh, and that, that, that's why after death, Our Lady will come and retrieve that soul from purgatory. So it's properly called the Sabbatine privilege. And, and that's a powerful promise associated uh, with the brown scapular. I also say that one thing that's connected to the scapular that I think is very much needed in our world today is the living out of chastity according to one's state in life. And, and I love the fact that the scapular literally engages our body. We, we wear this on our bodies. And, and it's just a reminder that, you know, to those who are married uh, to observe marital chastity, those of us who live the celibate life to, to be faithful to celibate chastity, that you know, the ordering of our sexual desires, of our desire for pleasure, is, is a powerful way of living our discipleship. And the scapular reminds us of that as well. So you know, connected to the scapular can be um, this help towards chastity, uh, especially those who might be struggling um, to live a chaste life. 
You mentioned that when your scapular moves, it makes you think of this promise and this reality of wearing it. And I think sometimes you go to the doctor, you're wearing a scapular, they might put their stethoscope right on the spot where the scapular is, and then they're a little alarmed because they can't hear anything (laughs) or whatever. But uh, this is an interesting thing. I saw a nurse maybe a few months ago, and I saved her contact information. Maybe I'll try to do an interview and append it to this uh, interview here, but... Uh, She basically uh, tweeted, you know, as a nurse, I think other medical professionals should be trained on the significance of the scapular and that they shouldn't remove it from the patient. And so that was kind of one of her opinions of working in the medical field. So let's say a person has surgery. They've worn the scapular their entire life. Obviously, the scapular has been removed for the surgery. They die during surgery. I think that our Lord and Our Lady honors the fact that they're devoted all their life. You think so? Absolutely, yes, yes. And especially if the, the person himself or herself has no control that the scapula was removed. Um, you know, there are comical stories uh, in our tradition of, of you know, young people who wear their scapulars and then they go to the beach and, you know, can, can I take my scapular off while I'm swimming, you know, and so on. And, and I try to, you know, joke with people. I say, look, when, when I go to the gym, I, I take my scapular off. Um, when I'm showering, of course, I take my scapular off. Like, you know, so the scapula should be worn, but, you know, there should be a certain reasonability that we approach. I mean, God is our greatest advocate. He wants to save us he wants us to be with him so i tell people these devotional practices are important we should take them seriously you know and and not get too slack but also we should have a certain common sense in terms of you know living our lives as the children of god and, and knowing how much he really does love us and wants to save us he's not out to get us Typically, the scapular people wear is uh, a wool brown scapular. Sometimes it has an image of a saint or something like that. For the longest time, I had a scapular that had Padre Pio on the front. And those words, again, whosoever shall die wearing this will not suffer fire or whatever. So there's cloth ones. Now, I've seen some scapular medals out there. In fact, just uh, recently, someone asked me to bless a, a medal, and it was a scapular, and it was different than other scapular medals that I had seen because it was like the two uh, little squares and that they would wear it just on a chain on their body rather than um, I've seen the scapular medal where it's just a front and a back. So what's the recommendation? Can someone wear the medal or should they wear the cloth one? Is that, which is, is there one that's more efficacious than the other? Yes, yeah, so according to the Carmelites, uh, the only time the scapular can be uh, replaced by the scapular medal is if there's an allergy to wool. So if, if someone is allergic to wool um, and cannot wear some other material, then they will allow for the metal to be used. But um, it's interesting because the Carmelite Order has kind of really kind of cracked down a little bit on on the metal. They really want people to wear the scapular when they're able. And, of course, if someone can't, then, then the metal is, is optional. But, but they're really discouraging the use of the metal right now. Okay. And one of the things that I heard uh, a long time ago, I don't know if it's true or not, maybe you do from your research for your book, A Journey to Mount Carmel, A Nine-Day Preparation for Investiture in the Brown Scapular, is that I heard that the scapular blessing, so if you've been invested in the scapular, your scapular breaks, you go get a new one, that your blessing of your previous scapular transfers to the new scapular and that you don't need to have your scapular blessed. Is that a real thing or did somebody just make that up? No, it is, Father. And it kind of caught me off guard too. 
Uh, but I, I've checked on that, rechecked, and it's true. Uh, just as one has only invested formally once in life, so once the person is invested and the scapular is blessed, if that scapular breaks and it's replaced, the blessing does pass uh, to the new scapular. And, and like yourself, as, as a priest, the first time I heard that, this was years ago, I told someone, no, 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 you have to get your new scapular blessed. And, and actually, I was incorrect that, no, the uh, Carmelite order extends the blessing to any new scapular automatically. Now, I tell people, if you want to get your new scapular blessed, I'm happy to bless a new scapular, you know. But in terms of necessity, um, according to the Carmelite order, who has spiritual care of the car, of the scapular, uh, new scapulars do not have to be blessed once someone has been invested. When did you start wearing the brown scapular? Yeah, oh, I tell you, I was just enamored by the brown scapular when I was in high school. I, I, I don't know, there was something about it, maybe because all my friends were, you know, beginning to try to get, you know, secret tattoos, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, I wasn't in that kind of like drive at all. Like, uh, But for me, I, I was very moved by the brown scapular. So I started wearing it in high school, and it's been with me ever since. I'm in my late 40s now, and uh, I love the brown scapular. I love talking about the brown scapular, love investing people in the brown scapular, telling people about the brown scapular. I think it's such a great uh, spiritual gift, and, and I think it's something that can help us today in terms of, of deepening our Christian faith. So for me, it's been with me since high school. What do you say to someone that maybe was wearing the scapular for a long time, and then for whatever reason, intermittently, maybe they've stopped wearing it, or maybe they have stopped wearing it for several months. What's your encouragement for them to start wearing it again? Yes, I would say pick it up. Um, you know, it, I, Understandably, you know, sometimes people get busy or a scapular breaks and they, you know, there was a delay in trying to get a new one and it never happened. And, you know, or maybe there was some tragedy where they're really hurt or upset with God. Uh, whatever it might be, however practical or spiritual it might be, I would encourage people to pick up another scapular. Um, wear the scapular. Again, it's not a consecration. It just reminds us that in baptism and confirmation, we are consecrated to God and Jesus Christ. Uh, Our Lady models the perfect disciple for us. So I would really encourage and implore people, uh, especially if they've been wearing the scapular and have stopped, so to be pick up the brown scapular. It's a great gift given to us. It can be a great help in living the Christian way of life. I will say this, if you're looking for a scapular, back in episode 33 of this podcast, I interviewed Steve Caracas, who is the founder of scapulars.com, I think is the website. And uh, you can go back, listen to that episode 33, wear a scapular for heaven's sake, and uh, learn more about his own company that I started. Of course, you can go to Leaflet Missile Company. They have scapulars. If you have a local Catholic bookstore in the area, they probably have scapulars as well. Go to a shrine like... Uh, I live by Champion, the Marian apparition site there. They have scapulars. So you'll be able to find a scapular if it has broken. You'll be able to replace it. I'm sure of it. So um, great advice that you've given to us about the scapular. Great encouragement to wear it or to renew our devotion, especially to have a devotional renewal of our investiture maybe. 
And I think your book, this novena, just as we prepare 33 days to make a Marian consecration with 33 days of morning glory or the tried and true method of St. Louis de Montfort, well, here you have given us this method of preparation for being invested in the scapular and uh, and to deepen our love for the scapular and live that spirituality more in our life. So thanks so much, Father, for writing this book. And if people want to learn more, because you write a lot, if they want to learn more about other books you've written, this book in particular, or uh, other places you contribute, how can they find those things? Yep, the best resource is my website, frkirby.com. I'm also on Twitter at Father Kirby. Okay, well, wonderful. Well, uh, I'll put all the links that we talked about today in the show notes so people can quite easily find them and be able to uh, acquire this uh, devotional journey to Mount Carmel and uh, to begin wearing the scapular or wearing it with greater devotion. Thanks so much for joining me today, Father Kirby. My pleasure, Father. Take care. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show and for all the many ways that you support the podcast. If you want to help out the podcast, be sure to check out Sock Religious. I love their socks. I love their shirts. And so go over to Sock Religious, use the link in the show notes, and buy some holy socks or some holy shirts that you can wear to evangelize your family and your friends. If you also want to support the podcast, I invite you to please share the podcast with your friends or on your social media platforms. Rate or review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't mind, please follow me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My handle is at FR Edward Looney. You'll see all of the posts, all of the content that I put out each week by following me there. Thanks so much again for listening today. Know that I am entrusting you to the heart of Mary, asking her to pray for you this day and every day. And if you don't mind, say a prayer for me too. Let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.